Good morning. I've been assured uh, by the Spirit that there are extra gold stars in our eternal home for showing up not only on Pentecost, but also Memorial Sunday weekend. So kudos to us. But today is an important day, Pentecost, the day we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit given first to the disciples, then to the followers of Christ, and of course, to all of us. Maybe The Spirit comes to us as the book of Acts describes, the Holy Spirit descending like tongues of fire. Or maybe it happens as we heard from the Gospel of John, from the breath of Christ with words of peace. I wonder how we receive the gift of the Spirit in our lives. I don't talk a lot about the Spirit. Most of the time, I focus on Jesus. Seeking to understand the Trinity, our belief in God as Spirit and Christ and God is holy work. And what we do, what do, what do we believe about the nature and character of God? The mystery of the Trinity is a big mystery. So for me, perhaps it is easier to focus on the mysteries of Christ's incarnation and resurrection. Today, though, we are invited to consider the mystery of the Holy Spirit given to us. The scripture has a lot to say, a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is wisdom, and this is particularly true in books like Psalms or Proverbs or Job, or the other prophetic books. Take, for example, the prophet Samuel. It is by the Spirit that he anoints both Saul and then David as the kings of Israel. In both instances, the Spirit guides Samuel, giving him eyes to see and words to preach. The Spirit is also a dove, a sign of God's presence at the end of the great flood and Jesus' baptism. The Spirit is visions. Visions given to Peter and Paul in the book of Acts. Visions that convert them and guide their discernment. The Spirit is God, revealed in an inspiring creation. I wonder, I wonder how we receive the gift of the Spirit in our lives. There are a few faith traditions who embrace the power of the Spirit in their communities. When I was in college just a few years ago, I spent some time in a Pentecostal church. I wonder if you've ever been amongst our Pentecostal siblings in Christ. I did not become Pentecostal, obviously, but this was a community that fully embraced myself and my friends They did more than just welcome us on an occasional Sunday morning. They picked us up twice for church on Sundays, and then Wednesday evenings. They made sure we had everything we needed from food to transportation to friendships. It was there, honestly, that I began to understand the power of the Spirit. Because you see, this community wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believed with their whole lives that the Spirit empowered and encouraged them. They did more than receive the Spirit. 
They depended on the Spirit to reveal God's presence and ministry in their midst. They knew and still know that the story of Pentecost belongs to every one of us, every disciple of Christ. And they were not afraid, not afraid, to live in and be empowered by that Spirit. Let's take a moment and consider these two stories that we hear today. The disciples and both of them are locked away, appearing to be afraid, paralyzed, or uncertain. Even in their own eyewitness of Jesus' entire ministry, they remain inactive and impassive. It is the Spirit that at least tries to send them out and get them moving, out of that upper room and out into the world. First, we hear from the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Here, the Spirit alights on the disciples' head like the burning bush. It appears as fire, but it does not burn. And a tongue rests on each of them. And the Spirit is exposed in a variety of languages, a cacophony of the gospel of Jesus. I wonder how it sounded. Then, John tells us that the Spirit is given to the disciples through the resurrected Christ. Here, Jesus appears in the upper room, seemingly out of nowhere, with them, and he breathes on them. What an incredibly intimate moment. Consider for just a bit, who do we let breathe on us? although I don't think the disciples had much choice in the matter. Jesus comes into their midst and brings them peace, breathing on them, giving them the Holy Spirit, and empowering them to forgive. I wonder how the disciples understood what was happening to them. I mean, John tells us that they rejoiced when they saw him, but I wonder what else was going on in their minds and their hearts How did Jesus' breath feel to them? How did they understand this teaching on forgiveness? And what happened next? Now, these stories are wildly different from one another. Actually, the apostles written before the Gospel of John gets the disciples moving out into the world, preaching the Gospel. From this point on, they are going, 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 seemingly never taking a moment to rest. But John's gospel remains calm and curious. If we read these last chapters of the gospel, we discover them still in the upper room, Thomas demanding to also touch the wounds of Christ. And then in their grief, they go fishing. How is the Spirit present in the lives of the disciples? As an active force empowering an active ministry of evangelism as a bearer of peace, empowering the ministry of forgiveness in all these ways and more? What I noticed preparing for today in both of these stories 
is how invasive the Spirit is. In other words, the Spirit does not arrive at an invitation. Instead, the Spirit shows up and occupies their space, overwhelming them with grief and language. God is not waiting for the disciples to decide that they're ready. We'll take some spirit today. God makes God's self known to them in ways that they cannot ignore. And I wonder, I wonder how the spirit is invading our lives. There are days when I feel like the disciples at least appear today. Moments when I feel a bit stuck, wondering how to follow Jesus. Sometimes I feel unsure, wondering what exactly God would like me to do. And sometimes I am anything but peaceful, a mixture of emotions and reactivity that probably means a nap, some water, and a lot of calm. The church is a human institution, and it is bound, bound to get stuck and be unsure and even reactive. The Spirit is among us, awakening us to God's presence, invading our space, moving us, and inspiring us to act. Remember Jesus breathing on the disciples. Remember those tongues of fire alighting on their heads. We, too, receive the breath of God. We have a fire lit within us, and it is the power of the Spirit working in us, the power to share the truth we know, the good news, the very best news, Of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit empowers each one of us to act in and transform the world, to proclaim with our lives the mercy, grace, and love of God. Today, today is an important day. We celebrate the power of the Spirit given to us. For you see, we are the church, not this building, as beautiful as it is, but us, each one of us. And some of us will tell anyone who will listen how Jesus transformed our lives with grace and mercy. And others of us will go quietly, living lives of mercy and forgiveness. But what matters most is our awareness of God's presence at all times, and in all places. By this grace, we know Christ and make him known. Thanks be to God.